It's time to listen to the Career Bitches with Anne and Marcel. They cut through the bullshit and all the workplace drama. Now give it up for these mamas. Hello and welcome back to Career Bitches. I am so excited to be here. Unfortunately, I don't have Anne with me today because she's asleep in the United States, but I have an amazing guest who is here with me, Kathy Paolo. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> good. Okay. Because I meant to ask you before and I totally forgot. Um so today I'm going to have Kathy introduce herself and what she does at Wanderer's Wealth. Um, and then we will have our weekly bitch and launch into our discussion. So over to you, Kathy. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I'm Kathy. I run Wanderer's Wealth, which is an international consulting firm. And I very much focus on the taxation side of things. So international taxes is my specialty. In my previous career, my previous life, I used to be a tax lawyer. So people mostly come to me when they have a super international lifestyle. I'm moving around, moving abroad for the first time and don't know what to do about their tax situation. And from there on, it's expanded over to also... Um, business structures, bank accounts, securing residencies in other countries, and even second citizenships. So I deal with all the legal logistics of moving abroad, having an international lifestyle that people often forget. And, you know, everybody gets excited about packing your bags, taking that step, and not everybody likes to think about the actual having to fill out documentation, they're actually having to report to um officials registrations and all of that thing so i'm the one who steps in and takes care of all of that legal jargon <laughs> you're almost like the bad cop i'm putting bad in quotes <laughs> because you're such a wonderful person but yeah the person who comes in and says have you thought about this mm-hmm. or that in your journey yeah exactly and i combine it a lot of times together with you know being able to move to lower tax country being able to actually have a strategy in place that optimizes your taxes because a lot of times people don't even know that there might be a tax incentive available by them moving abroad that there could be something there how they can position themselves to be in a better financial situation with this whole move abroad i love that and and that's one reason i thought it would be so great to have you with us is so much of our audience is global and people living in different countries, transitioning to different countries every few years, or just living in a place for a longer time. So I think today's conversation is going to be super helpful. Um, But before we get into that, we have a very uh, relevant, let's say, (laughs) weekly bitch for the day, which is about time zones and navigating those when it comes to scheduling meetings. I personally face that a lot. Um, I mean, even today, right? Like mm-hmm. Kathy's in Bali, I'm in Lithuania, and Anna's in the United States. So <laughs> we are constantly facing this. And I don't know about you, Kathy. I mean, on our team, we have the same challenge. Like we have a set meeting time for our team meetings, but then when the time changes, it only changes in certain countries. And like last week in our meeting, we were trying to figure out 
okay, so for these three people, it doesn't change. But for mm. these other three people, it does. How do we make it work? Because one person was waking up, you know, at 7am mm -hmm. in their country, and then someone else at 9pm in Asia, how, how do you make that work, right? And it's, it's not fun. It's definitely a challenge. And excuse me, one I deal with as well, not only, you know, with my team, I work together super closely with accountants and lawyers around the world. And it's such a challenge, like every week, especially if there is movements in um, the place as well. So it's you just got to have a lot of organizational skill to actually make it work. There's definitely tools out there that help. Like my favorite is the International Meeting Planner. They kind of figures it out, you know, like when are we actually able to have a meeting? Is it going to be my afternoon or my mornings? That helps a ton. But yeah, you need some flexibility with that. For sure. And you're right. There are a lot of tools out there that can help you translate that. And even, you know, in like Google um, suite and things, it sort of automatically does it. But still, I find, you know, I have had clients in the past that somehow the calendar Mm -hmm. at a different time and they're like not there and I'm calling them and it's like 6 a.m. and <laughs> yeah. waking up somebody right and then you try as hard as you can not to do that but not every program works perfectly that's definitely true and um I think you know another thing that's challenging is really like with my calendar, I try to, I have it actually set, which confuses me. I guess I did this on purpose to confuse myself instead <laughs> of clients, but it's set on like U.S. Eastern time because most mm -hmm. of our clients are in the U.S. But then I am like adjusting my open mm. availability all the time based on that rather than my own time zone which is probably oh, not the right way to look at it. So it's very confusing. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that as well. I usually work with Calendly for my clients to be able to book in. And on Calendly, uh, Calendly I haven't found a solution actually to this problem yet, but I'm a digital nomad. So I tend to travel around a lot, move around a lot. And so I hop around from time zone to time zone, but Calendly doesn't let you have, for example, January in Europe and February in Asia time zone. So I have to, you know, be pretty short notice, change it again so that it actually adapts to my time zone where I'm in and only open up my calendars for like two weeks at a time because it, I can't have my calendar now showing Europe time zone when I'm not in Europe time sort of thing. It's It's a tricky one. It is actually, and I, that's the same problem. It is Calendly that I'm using as mm. well. And that's, I think, why I just tied it directly to that time zone because of these issues. And I have the same issue. I, even though I'm not as traveling as much as you, just because of schedule reasons and other things I have going on, I also do like two weeks. You can only schedule mm -hmm. ahead because <laughs> it's, yeah, things change. And then you're constantly okay. having... I wonder if we need to suggest something to yeah, get maybe we should. I think we should a bit of a petition going you know I think we could find a lot of people who have the same struggle so maybe yeah maybe be a plug in one day that fixes that thing it's time for a change I agree yeah. <laughs> um so excellent so why don't we move into kind of tell us a little bit more if you don't mind about what this like 
you know, before we talk more detail about what you do in terms of tax, legal, citizenship issues and all that good stuff, um, kind of how did you fall into this lifestyle and career? And, um, you know, what does it mean for you and, and what does it allow you to do? Mm -hmm. So I used to be a lawyer and was in the corporate world, um, but I didn't really resonate with that whole world, to be honest. It was just a bit, um, I felt like I could already see like what my future was going to look like and the paths I could take. Like I had very much, once I became a lawyer, there was really just this one path of like, okay, you got to, you know, succeed in this position. You got to compete against your competitors, go to the best firms out there, have as many billable hours as possible, more than billable hours, more than they are actually during the week, you know, to make it to the top. And then eventually you'll be promoted to partner and yeah be successful quote unquote and I just felt kind of a little bit trapped at back at that time thinking about what that would look like and I was like really that's not what I want to be doing now as a 20 something year old I would love to just go out there and explore and travel the world that was where I felt mostly called to and a lot of people, I grew up in Switzerland, a lot of people from my hometown where I grew up had taken a sabbatical to go and travel and I never did. Like I just studied, you know, did the full seven years in one go, always was working on the side. So by the time I graduated, had my legal job and everything, I was like, I think I want to take a sabbatical now. And that's when I decided that I would go and travel for as long as I could and it's funny, actually, when I make that decision that I was going to quit my job, sell my car, give up my apartment and do the whole thing. Um, I actually was able to secure a client even before I had fully officially quit my job. So I fell into this um, place where people were coming to me. And I was actually visiting at that time Bali, where there's lots of entrepreneurs, um, a lot of people who were working from their laptops. This is pre-COVID time. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily very common for people to be on their laptops back then. Um, and they were asking me, like, what should I do with my taxes? Where should I register myself? And what would be the most smart decision to do? So I see, could see how I could actually help them. And then the more more people started coming to me, I was like, okay, I should probably start charging people for this. It's kind of becoming, you know, a real consultation kind of thing and starting to lay down processes. And that's really how Wondrous Wealth was formed. And ever since so many other people have joined the online workforce, have been able to get into this whole digital nomad lifestyle of wor working remotely, from anywhere especially due to the pandemic and all of this so yeah that's how I'm where where I'm at now it's awesome because and I love what you said about even getting that first client right because that almost like immediately let's say validates mm -hmm. that you're doing the right thing right like oh this is gonna work right yeah, yeah, definitely that there is a demand for it and you know that people need this sort of thing and it's um, it's still to this day, you know, it's not so clear cut because most like tax rules and tax codes weren't really made at a time when people were able to be so 
globally connected and move around so much like it was very much designed in a way of you know you were born in one place raised in one place go to school in one place go get a job in one place and maybe one day you move to one place and then there's a double tax agreement in place with that one place but not the way that people are internationally moving around so frequently in this day and age so there are some tricky parts to figuring out you know how does this all work out what are the possibilities and options but yeah it's a learning curve for everybody involved yeah for sure and I but I do think you know in terms of like what what I see, you know, what I see you doing online, which is so intriguing and how I found you initially through a fellow entrepreneur, I believe, um, recommended your your Instagram account, which is amazing and we'll share with everybody in the notes. Um, but it seems like this has allowed you, you know, this portable business, right? Even though that's even tied to the actual business itself and your function, it has allowed you that freedom of movement right so it's not even just about a lot of people think well i'm gonna like say you know if they're u.s citizen i'm gonna move to europe or i'm gonna Mm -hmm. retire in europe or you know work from somewhere else let's see how i can make it work but you've managed to create a lifestyle where you can be mobile right and not say this one place is my home it's different than where i grew up but this is my home so can you talk to us about that? Because I think not as many people realize that you don't have to tie yourself to one new place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was actually raised as a third culture kid, meaning very much that, you know, in my household, we had different cultures growing up like for the longest time I didn't actually really still to this day when people ask me where are you from I struggle to answer that question because I was born in one place raised in another place moved abroad when I you know as soon as I became an adult to another spot so it's kind of and my journey that I was just kind of a global citizen and never really felt like I had roots just in one place but wanted to explore multiple locations um but in saying that you know obviously I attract a lot of people who are like me who are global citizens but also those that have maybe um that were born in one place and grew up and then decided to move abroad and a lot of times it just has to do with wanting to see and explore what else is out there and that is also the core sort of principle that forms part of wanderer's wealth is i feel like we are always so used to what we are living in whether you know it's the financial system we're in um whether it's the opportunities in terms of residencies citizenships that we think it's normal until we start looking oh what are other countries offering and there might actually be other countries out there that are offering you know zero percent tax where there is no personal income taxes there might be other countries there where if you purchase a property first of all you don't necessarily have to get into debt you don't need to get a mortgage you can um, secure it outright yourself and you might even get a residency permit with it or you might you know get way easier credit cards or get like high interest rates it's just looking at all the opportunities that are out there and not just being completely formed with what we're so used to because it might not be the norm everywhere else there might be other solutions and possibilities abroad 
So that curiosity and wanting to explore, you know, what else is there has always driven me sort of to lead this international lifestyle. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally understand. And, um, you know, I often think even in the the future, even though our lifestyle ties us, I mean, I grew up for the first 18 years of my life living in the U.S. and 16 of those in the same town, in the same place. Um, and then, you know, even then went abroad in college and like from there it's been a little piecemeal then back in the states and now abroad for a while and um but still to me it's like i i do like the idea of being able to move around and stay in like one place for a couple months mm -hmm. and then maybe go to another place and you're taking your job with you and able to re work remotely right as long as you have mm -hmm. reliable internet um you know in a quiet place to work, you can do almost anything, right? As long as the company is willing to do that. Or if you own your own company, like, right, like to your point, you have to figure out all the legal and tax issues, but you can still make it happen. It's, mm -hmm. it's completely possible, right? Yeah, definitely. And it even goes down to, you know, to customs and traditions and whatnot, or I guess, especially my colleagues and friends from the US are so used to whatever their work environments are. And I hear it's quite competitive as well. And, you know, you have to prove yourself or like when I meet people on a hike on a mountain somewhere that are Americans, they're like, oh, well, how long are you here in holidays? And we're like, oh, you know, we kind of travel, like I've been traveling for the last couple of years. And they're like, how? Like we just got 10 days off this year. Like it's such a big contrast. Whereas even like in Europe, people get off four weeks holiday you know so even just that shift is such a big contrast of what's normal in one place isn't necessarily the norm in the other place and yet it kind of works you know in both ways so and you I am so glad you brought this up because you hit the nail on the head because I see this difference all the time now especially living in Europe and um, being American is and it drives me insane right because it's like I've lived in different countries I can see that it can be different and like you said you know in Europe and other places you take off like a large chunk of the summer you know mm -hmm. and you're just gone mm -hmm. and you turn your out of office on and you're not reachable and whereas in the U.S. it's like I'll be back in five days and I will respond to any urgent messages yeah. or if you're in the hospital even you're still responding to messages it's a mm -hmm. totally different work culture so I also like, you know, really like this idea of telling, you know, our audience and others um, that it is possible and you might be stuck in this cultural mindset or belief that you have to have this one home base always or mm -hmm. a home base could be right someplace you spend maybe three or six months out of the year. It doesn't have to be where you live an entire year, year mm -hmm. after year with these small vacations. Um, so I do think that's an important point. And I think like, again, to your point, the more people get out and explore, the more people they meet who are doing things like you mm -hmm. and are making it work and see that like the world has opened up quite a lot. There are a lot of opportunities in many different places. That's it. I think a lot of it also has to do with the environment you 
are like if I would have remained you know in an environment where everybody else around me was like super competitive like everything that drives you is just to climb up the corporate ladder and make it you know and have the nicest car the nicest house kind of that standard um I yeah I would have probably gone the same route but because I was curious to explore like oh no I want to see what other um places have to offer and what other sort of lifestyle are out there and bali was actually a great place to start out you know to be surrounded at a place where there's so many entrepreneurs and foreigners living um in an asian culture where they kind of are reliant on their own source of income and um providing for themselves it was a great place to explore oh if other people who were professionals you know i met like doctors who kind of turned themselves into i don't know um coaches or nutritionists online nutritionists who were doing their expertise and sharing whatever they could and provide value to people through their online platforms and I was like oh I guess I can do something like that as well but it's not until you are in those environments surrounded by people that you're like oh okay I guess there could be another way you just sometimes have to reinvent yourself as well you can't just have that one path in front of you yeah there might be another way That's a good idea and I'm just thinking even for people who are like skeptical and like oh well that's great but how am I going to find people like that if I'm on say like a week or two week vacation right to Asia mm -hmm. or Europe or somewhere else maybe one way to think about it is locally a lot of times even in the US you know mm -hmm. there are expat groups and even mm -hmm. though you might you know even if it's your country your citizenship your culture there's no reason why people can't join those so maybe that's one way to start is just to start getting more mm -hmm. curious learning about different people's experiences where they've lived where they grew up what other places are like because that was going to be my next question to you is like if somebody comes and I don't know and correct me if I'm wrong if this happens but you know I'm sure some people really start from zero and are like I know I want to leave I want to live this global you know work life and life where do I start what do you tell them I think really the environment piece is such a big part of it and you know I get that not everybody can book a one way ticket to Bali and immerse themselves fully it's just yeah but one thing I do think we all have access to is the internet and whether it is to start listening to podcasts that talk about you know expert um like sharing expert histories of what they've been through of digital nomads or like online business owners that have started their own ventures and have gone out there and who are traveling if that's what you want in your lifestyle there's so many different topics that we can immerse ourselves even in this day and age online whether it is podcasts or there's so many facebook groups i love facebook just honestly for the facebook groups because it kind of connects to you with all people around the world there's so many experts groups in all different countries whether it's south central america europe and there's also digital nomad groups and you know as a even if you wouldn't be able to travel as a digital nomad i think it would be nice to connect with a local you know and you could meet up for a coffee have a bit of an exchange of what that looks like to if they if it's a digital nomad who's running their own business or if it's a re remote employee to share you know what sort of um 
tips and tricks they have to find remote jobs. I think the internet is a beautiful place for that, where we can really immerse ourselves in that sort of topics that interest us and that make us curious. Yes, and thank you for bringing up that suggestion because I 100% agree there are so many groups out there, especially on Facebook, where you can find like-minded people and learn about different things. But that's a great suggestion too, to maybe even meet up with a digital nomad that, you know, works near you or lives near you. Um, What is the first, like, so if somebody really is committed or already kind of is living somewhere, but doesn't have all their, you know, ducks in a row, as we say, what is the most important thing? Like, is it to make sure the tax situation is figured out or citizenship, residency, what what is it? I mean, the first thing is always making sure what their income stream is going to be, you know, where they're going to be making money from. Is it going to be a remote job? Um, will they have an employer based somewhere like back in the US or are they kind of a contractor where they're free to decide where to register themselves um, or do they even run their own business and have their own clientele all over the world? So that's usually the first bit that we look at. And then the second bit is, you know, the tax structure around that. So usually if you are a remote employee, there's not a lot of structuring you can do because normally remote employees will have the employer saying what they're kind of allowed to do where they need to be registered where they should be paying taxes so that they can keep their job due to payroll issues due to employment laws and all these fun things and there is a little bit more flexibility and freedom in tax optimization when you are a contractor when you're actually allowed to have an own entity or decide where you register yourself or not so that's where the fun bit for me starts (laughs) depending on you know where people are located what their preferences are in travel style whether they like to have a home base for three six months or you know for the next five years um and then as well like where if they need residency permits because that's usually the other part as well if americans move to europe they usually need a long-term residence permit to stay somewhere and only then if you've got a legal residence are you able to also start paying taxes somewhere in your new place um yeah so that's usually a bit of how we go about things and where we're at but like you said I've I've really got people one of my VIP clients right now who she has been working as a remote employee has had a lot of flexibility but she's in the process of starting her own business and she knows you know her launch date is end of October um so we've incorporated her new business and setting everything up so that for the first launch and for first program that she's putting out there um she's already properly set up from the very beginning and taken care of that's awesome that's so exciting yeah, yeah. and um And I think what another thing, you know, a lot of people wonder, and I see actually in Facebook groups, (laughs) speaking (laughs) of, is to, you know, they're like, okay, all of that's like, you know, I know I'm going to have to figure out all these different things, like, like you said, like income streams, taxes, implications, and where you're paying. And I know the US is very complicated in that way. So Americans have a lot of trouble with it. Um, but in general, like around the world, do you 
see kind of certain trends with this new lifestyle people are adopting or even in terms of like locations i know there's been you know published um lists of these countries are more open but then some have had to make restrictions because they allowed too many people to come and establish residency or mm. citizenship like today mm. what would you say like if people are just starting to look around what are some good places to start yeah yeah, I definitely think there's trends within the digital nomad industry because right now it's definitely evolved to an industry. There's so many new service providers, products coming out that are really focusing on this sort of online work, remote lifestyle. And it is only going to grow like the statistics that they're forecasting for the next 10 years is crazy. You know, everybody basically will be working remotely and the concept of going to an office will be completely foreign to a lot of the new generations. Um, but yeah, trends within the digital nomad space location-wise, I think... You still have Bali for Asia, Thailand also has been always super popular, Chiang Mai for Thailand, I would say Chenggu for Bali, um, within the American continent, uh, Mexico has become super popular, Playa del Carmen in Mexico, mm. um, Colombia recently has exploded a lot, Medellin in Colombia has become super popular as well uh, in europe you have portugal that has become super popular with digital nomads bulgaria as well like eastern europe croatia seems to be quite attractive to a digital nomads a lot of times um it also depends you know with what sort of budget um a digital nomad or a remote worker is working with so eastern europe can be quite cheap compared to other places in europe um, and you still, you know, have such a good quality of life. Um, and yeah, those are, I would say, in terms of location, those would be the most popular ones. But it's constantly changing with new places popping up, you know, on the radar or in governments also trying to launch new sort of projects. We saw in um, Portugal, actually, Madeira has become super popular and it was, you know, the first digital nomad village and they were super um, successful with the whole launch of um, this new place that was supposed to be for digital nomads. I know there's now this year a new launch, I think actually in October or so, a new place being launched in Indonesia for uh, to make it a new digital nomad hub and they're inviting a hundred digital nomads to live for free for a month you could i think there's an online application and whatnot because the government really wants to try to get people not just come to bali but to explore different regions of indonesia so that's kind of how they're introducing that so it's great also to see you know that interaction of government with private sector and realizing like oh there's like a lot of people who are under this umbrella of digital nomads because i think previously we thought of digital nomads being i don't know 20 year old 30 year olds who were a bit lost with their laptops doing whatever sort of freelancing but now realizing like hang on it's also you know the mothers and fathers of families who can now work remotely from anywhere or, or that are starting to become freelancers and contractors and uh, do work here and there and everywhere and actually 
the revenues and income that uh, digital nomads have is quite significant and they're usually on a good um, income level you know com compared to other people so there is some attraction there for sure for governments to incentivize to get more digital nomads to come to their places and that's also the motivation and reason why there is now over 55 different digital nomad visas so and that all started basically during covid i think estonia was the first country to launch a digital nomad visa estonia is always super innovative you know with the e-residency mm -hmm. um and all of those things and then so many other countries followed with it uh, some countries have done really well with their marketing in terms of promoting their digital nomad visas uh, but other countries not so much, and people don't even know that those digital nomads visas exist. But for example, Croatia did really well campaign around their digital nomad visas, and you know, people from outside of the of Europe can apply to live legally for a year in Croatia. So it's like a great gateway into being able to explore Europe and Eastern Europe and its neighboring countries. But there's the, the first couple of digital nomads visas were actually launched in the Caribbean places. So places that attract more to an American audience because it's in the same time zone. So, you know, you mm -hmm. don't have that time zone issue. You can still take your American um, team meetings like Barbados, Bahamas, Cayman Islands, all of those islands launched their digital nomad visas as well and have done quite um, successfully with them. So it's very interesting to see the trends within this space. That is so interesting because to think that it started in the Caribbean, but to your point, it makes sense, right? Because of the time zone. And then that it expanded, obviously, like so widely. And now to see what Indonesia is doing by inviting people to come like what a great program right I mean because otherwise you've got to give people an incentive to come mm -hmm. if you want people to reside somewhere and see how great it is and I mean I think that's fantastic that you're seeing that and hopefully more and more people I think I agree with you I mean I know I've seen those statistics too on how remote work is grown and the possibility to work from anywhere and a lot of companies even have a work from anywhere type initiative where they have agreements with governments and so forth um so that's very exciting uh and especially i think what i've noticed too and i don't have statistics on this but just through many many anecdotes over the past few years it does seem like there are more families even up and mm -hmm. deciding to go somewhere else right after covid um that they would rather live somewhere else. Maybe cost of living is cheaper or, mm -hmm. you know, they just want to live somewhere else in a better climate. Um, so I think that's really encouraging. And just the fact that it's not, it used to be, I think, especially, you know, I know from the American side, people would just go retire, like sometimes mm -hmm. in Central America or other places, you know, and now to see all these new locations popping up is for, for young people and families and is really exciting because I think a lot of people are have retired even early, right? Or like done a retirement from that original, as we talked about, corporate traditional job and decided mm -hmm. I've hit this age, I'm going to do something more my own thing or just work part time and still maintain a decent income. So I think that's exciting to see like the the community itself seems like it's changing a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, because it's very true, this, especially within Europe, even itself, there's a lot of retirees that go from the Nordic country, like Swedish, Norwegians that go and retire in Portugal and have done so for, you know, the last 20 years, like that, this is nothing new. But now I think it's being changed the landscape by actually young people doing it as well, having that flexibility through working remotely, working online to be able to go wherever they want to and be located wherever they want to when they're still young and not just when they're retired and having to wait till, you know, you're 65 years plus. So, no, that's really great. And the benefit and also, you know, some of my consultation sessions, I mean, they range from where should I move to to pay 0% tax over to, look, we just want to move to Central, South America. What opportunities are there? Because the space is moving so quickly. Um, and if you want to combine the two, it just comes to my mind now, Dubai. You know, Dubai is moving so quickly and it's growing exponentially with foreigners that they are attracting and every six months it seems like they're launching some type of new visa to incentivize people and they do have as well remote work visas and they do have visas through your own business establishment and it's like you know we compare those different types of options that are available like yeah you could be going to Dubai or you could be going to Croatia and get the digital nomad visa there which is also um, no taxes in the first year and just compare and give people a bit of options and opportunities that are out there. Uh, yeah, that's right. Dubai is a huge place for this. So that's a good mention. And in Croatia, I was just there this summer and I had last been there, I think, 15 years ago. And it's amazing. Like I, yeah. I did, I came home and I said to my husband that that would be the place like I would get that visa and I would go there and just if we could <laughs> you know once the kids are through school that would, might be a good option if it's still available because it's a beautiful place easy to live nice people you know very very cool place by the yeah, sea yeah for sure and it's now joined Europe and the Schengen zone so you know it's all progressing yes. Exactly. Yeah. They use the Euro now. So it makes it mm-hmm. a lot easier coming from Europe, especially. Um, well, thank you, Kathy. This has been fantastic talking with you. I know people are going to enjoy this because it's something a bit different than what we normally hear about. But I'm trying to help people expand their thinking around, you know, remote work and what the possibilities are. So we really appreciate your being here today. No, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. If anybody has any questions or would like to reach out, I always love to have um, chats with um, people from my community, usually available through Instagram. My direct messages on Instagram, my handle is at wanderers.welsh and always happy to receive a message. Excellent. I'm sure people will reach out and I encourage all of you to follow her on Instagram because Wanderers Wealth images videos are just beautiful and amazing so even if you just need a good pick me up for the day and then decide (laughs) to reach out to chat you won't be disappointed so thank you again thank you so much the career bitches are eternally grateful to our producer joe tropea at harico bear films based in beautiful baltimore city for his bullshit free feedback and constant support we would also like to thank micro kingdom for their musical genius and providing our theme music. You can check out more of their extracognitive spiritual magnetism at microkingdom.com. 
A new episode of Career Bitches drops every Monday morning to start your work week. And you can listen to us bitch on demand on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you find your podcasts.